going on? How are you? Happy Wednesday. It's freaking hot in here. What is going on? Yeah, I know I'm a little early. What can I say? I don't have Eddie, you know, here with me yet because he's still sleeping. <laughs> but I figured I'd come a little bit early and just chat up a little bit. What is going on, peeps? How are you? Hope all is well. I knew Eddie was going to sleep in because we stayed up late last night. We did. Hello, Andy. Hello, Nicole. Hello, Christina. It's, okay, I was like, is YouTube not working? YouTube is lagging really bad. Um, Just so you know. <laughs> Let me see. What can I do there? Can I do that? There we go. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Big show today. Big show. I've been working on this for a while. A while. And let me tell you, the past four days, I have a headache <laughs> that has been sitting there. Okay, good, Nicole. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, apparently, Restream is not... Oh, there it is. Wow. Everything is lagging. I'm seeing you more quicker on Restream than I am on the YouTube chat. That's wild. But anyway, I've had a headache for four days just sitting there. I wish it would either turn into a full-fledged migraine or go away. Hello, Ghost Rider. How you doing, hon? Welcome. And he says, took my sweater out 15 minutes till you came on. So glad I did. When I had time to go bleach my armpits rather than having to sit through this show, barely able to breathe, <laughs> right? <laughs> I hear you. It's freaking hot in here. I just turned my heater off. But, um, yeah, I knew Eddie was going to sleep in. We, we stayed up late last night. We watched the new Matrix. Don't worry. I won't give any spoilers. Awesome movie, though. Awesome movie, as usual. Um, yeah, so he's like... We've had what Wizbot for a while there, Nicole. Oh, that's sweet of you, Andy. Andy wanted you to to smell good for you, Missy. See, I'm already having Missyisms. I'm so excited about this show, and there's so much freaking information, and like my mind is blown. Even though I've seen this information before, I'm like putting it together. So. I've read different parts of it at different times, right? So now it's all coming together and I've gone down a rabbit hole. <laughs> Not just with the new movie either. But um <laughs> he just does one little message. It's not like restream bot. So, and he's like, Wizbot, another one for the credits, or we'll all go on strike again. <laughs> yes, it's good to be here. Good to have you here, Ghost Rider. Hey, Mo, how you doing, hon? Welcome, welcome. Yeah, he does one message, and then that's it. 
I don't know why. <laughs> I don't even know where I set that up or when I set that up. God, my neighbors are going to be like, what the hell? Thank you, Nicole, for the ice cream. <laughs> oh, I forgot to put my mic down. Jesus, see? Thank you, Mo, for liking and sharing. I appreciate that. Oh, and by the way, guys, just so you know, I'm trying not to get this in. Try not to destroy my desk either. Um, hey, freaky geek. Just so you know, that's right in my face. That's lovely. You know, I had this up perfectly at one point in time and then it doesn't go. But anyway, uh, just so you know, if my phone rings, I have to answer it. I'm on call. So it's either going to be one of the guys that live here looking for Eddie because he can't get a hold of him in his room or somebody at the front desk that needs my help. <laughs> so just keep that in mind as you're watching today. And I apologize if it does happen. Um. Yeah, I don't know what's, I think with their new updates, Nicole, um, did you try the code and it didn't work? Did I have better sound before I moved the mic? Well, I could be sitting on the phone. The phone cord's long enough to bring it over here. <laughs> I'm sure me moving it around didn't help at all. Yeah, I think with the new updates, Nicole, um, Tidy Labs is just taking a break until DLive gets their shit fixed. I mean, I'm just assuming. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, we got a big show today. Well, not a big show, but I'm just saying there's a lot of information. I have made notes on the side. I have, oh, it's crazy. Today we are talking about Valiant Thor. And if you don't know who Valiant Thor is, believe me, you'll know by the end of this. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, I thank you so much, Mo, for sharing it out. I appreciate it. And I appreciate all you guys for liking and sharing. Um, so, yeah. And the reason I brought this up, and you guys might have seen this in other, you know, on other people's channels talking about this because it's a big thing. Um... NASA hired British priests not to, you know, perform whatever on astronauts, but actually to prepare the world for alien life forms. If they're saying aliens don't exist, then why would they do that? <laughs> crazy right so I'll go ahead and share this article on my screen so yeah NASA hires British 
British priests to help prepare to meet extraterrestrials. Now, when I first started this story on Valiant Thor, I was just going to do the story on Valiant Thor. Right? That's it. I was going to just let you guys know who Valiant Thor is and what his um, service at the Pentagon was and stuff like that. And it all turned into this. <laughs> so it says, would it surprise you to learn? And of course, all these links are in the show notes and on the forums already. I did one step because I'm so tired. I did one step before the live stream. I went and shared everything on the forum. Um says, would you be surprised to learn that NASA has a priest on staff who's also a scientist? Would you, be, would you even be even more surprised to learn his function is not to minister astronauts, but to help prepare the religious world for possible encounters with alien life forms? <laughs> Me, Reverend... Dr. Andrew Davidson is a priest and a theologian and a scientist who has a unique job description and who is getting a preliminary 15 minutes of fame until the aliens arrive. Dr. Davidson works in the intersection, intersection of theology, science, and philosophy. His recent work has addressed astrobiology, interspecies cooperation or mutualism, mutualism in biology, and extended evolutionary synthesis. <gasps> Don't let your coffee mug cry, Nicole. You have an alibi, Andy? <laughs> From his Cambridge University biography, Reverend Dr. Priest, or Reverend Dr. Priest, Reverend Dr. Davidson sounds like a priest whose homilies would keep those interested in space travel and study wide awake. He has a BA in chemistry and biochemistry and biophysics, biophysics and doc, a DPhil in biochemistry from Oxford and a BA a bachelor's in theology and religious studies, and a PhD in theology from Cambridge. Since 2014, he's been the Starbridge Associate Professor in Theology and Natural Science at Cambridge. Now, um, yeah, so they hired these theologians to basically... lead us into, you know, at least the Christian part of it, into letting them know, or letting us know, that there could be alien life. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because for the simple fact that... As I'm going through, they'll get it, Mo, Mo, don't worry about it. They'll get it. Um, as I'm going through the research for Valiant Thor and what I want to share and what I don't want to share and blah, blah, blah. Not that I don't share anything. I share it all with you. That's why my 
lives usually go over. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you, Andy. That, uh, you know, basically, you guys know how I work this. I look at the past, I look at the present, and I try to see similar similarities, right? Well, I definitely saw similarities with this. <laughs> and when I saw this paper and everybody talking about it, I was just like, no shit. Okay. All right. No sound. What do you mean there's no sound? You can't hear me? Do I not have sound? You got sound freaky? Okay. Everybody's saying that they got sound. It's, it's only you, Andy. Uh-oh. The MIB got Andy. Okay. <laughs> the MIB is getting Andy. <laughs> That's so weird. So, all right. So, as I tell this story with Valiant Thor, I'm going to have side notes. I'm going to have uh, a lot of side notes. I'm going to share something that will probably get struck from, but, you know, what are you going to do? I want you guys to hear all the evidence. It's the only way I share things. I put the links in the freaking, what do you want me to do? Old, old age depthness. <laughs> oh, no. Am I offline now? What do you guys, am I really getting hit? <laughs> What is going on? This is the past four days. This has been crazy because shit happened last night. That was crazy. Oh my God. <laughs> Are you sure you weren't pulling anything, Andy? <laughs> I, not that I want to know. It's Nicole's department. No. All right. So let's go ahead and get started, shall we? Let's talk about Valiant Thor. Oh, I hear people walking. <laughs> okay. So on March 16th, 1957. In a field. <laughs> in a field outside of Alexandria, Virginia. Descending from the sky is a giant metal saucer. And obviously, it's not from this world. Somebody called the police. So they came and they arrived on scene. And when they seen a metal door open in front of the ship, they immediately went for their weapons. But out steps the six-foot-tall, brown-haired, brown-eyed guy, just smiling and waving like he just came in from a vacation. 
apart from, you know, coming in on a flying saucer, the only thing weird about him is the clothes he's wearing. He's in a gold jumpsuit that appear, doesn't ha appear to have any openings or any seams for him to get in and out of. It's almost like it's painted on his body. So the visitor tells the police that he means him no harm, but he needs a meeting with President Eisenhower. Now, when he's talking, apparently, he's doing this telepathically, okay? The police don't question him. And this kind of makes me think that he had some mind control, but I'm not sure. I'm just assuming. Don't quote me on that. But they just welcome him to the back of the seat of their patrol car and take him directly to the Pentagon. So either I'm thinking in my own mind, he's got mind control, or somebody knew he was coming. Hey, Terry and Al. How you doing, Terry? Good morning. Terry, go ahead and, and uh, in the group. I didn't realize you had two videos, so I thought it was a double post. I accidentally um, didn't approve your tarot reading, but so go ahead and share that and I'll get it after the show. Share it in the group again. Right? Take the classic, take me to your leader. Okay. So they take him straight to the Pentagon. So does he have mind control or is somebody like expecting him? Right? So when they get to the Pentagon, uh, He's supposedly greeted by the Secretary of Defense, who assigns six armed guards to lead him through the halls and straight down to the Pentagon's basement. The visitor is then transferred to an underground train. It's described like a secret subway system that connects the Pentagon to the White House. Side note. That although people has has people have speculated that there's an underground railroad or a subway, it's always been denied, right? It's always been denied that it exists. There's no subway underneath that leads to the Pentagon, the White House, all that. We know the tunnels are there to for uh, Roosevelt, though, right? He was in a wheelchair, but yet it's always been denied. So, what's weird is that there's this other um, thing that comes up. Let me go ahead and share this. It says, and this is off of Trebex.com. I don't, I don't know this site. I just found this. But anyway, it says, uh, well, I don't know when exactly they declassified this, but this is the first I've read of this. And it talks about the... The trailway, the system, it's far more ex uh, extensive than I could imagine since the system reaches Camp David. Why would the pre president need a helicopter to Camp David? Um, so here's this tunnel system. And it, let me read down here. It says the metro system, the metro is a subway system that serves the Washington, D.C. area. It's, it's officially has 106 miles of track serving 86 stations in the District of Columbia, Virginia, Maryland, and Maryland. 
its planning for the more metro system began in 1950s during the height of the Cold War. President Eisenhower created a secret rail planning commission that directed to the development of the secondary secret underground rail system built alongside the public one. The secret tunnel system currently connects the White House to an Eisenhower Executive Office building next door, the Executive Office building, NEOB, the bunker underneath the Blair House, the bunker underneath the Vice President residence, at the Naval Observatory, the U.S. Capitol, Joint Base Anacostia Boiling, the Pentagon, the State Department, and some of the federal buildings in between. There is also a secret train that runs between D.C.'s Union Station and Mount Weather and is under protection of the TSA Federal Air Marshals. Long-term plans calls for the expansion of the White House Tunnel to go south past the Pentagon, west past to the CIA, to Mount Weather, and north past Camp David. So you have the White House here. I don't know if you can see that real good. Let me go ahead and zoom in a little bit. So you have the White House here. It goes to the FBI, goes to the NSA, goes here to classified. Camp David is this way. CIA is this way. Pentagon, something classified down here. Andrews Air Force Base, the Capitol and something classified here. It ne- if it never exists, why do we have this map? Right? So like I said, just looking for shit that's in the past that I'm trying to figure out. But I wanted to bring that up. What the hell is going on? <laughs> What is, is everything okay in the chat room now? <laughs> what is going on? Jesus, my show just got started and freaking. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) it's already, it's just starting and it's already going crazy. Let me make sure Eddie's not in here yet. Okay. I sent him the link just in case he comes in. So, all right, so, you know, oh, gotcha, okay. (laughs) That's okay, it happens. Apparently, Nicole, we both missed something, I don't know. (laughs) No worries, Andy, it happens, you know. I'm sure Mo understands. (laughs) So, yeah. So, anyway, it says, once they get to the White House, the visitor is taken straight to the Oval Office. And moments those doors swing open, President Eisenhower jumps up out of his seat, excited, and shakes his hand and asks for the visitor's name. Oh, yeah. And Mo's having 
Mo's having sound problems now. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, guys. It's wild. <laughs> so, he asks the visitor's name, and he says, Valiant Thor. He tells Eisenhower that he's traveled from the, quote, the planet your Bible calls the Morning Star. Okay, well, that's Venus. And when Eisenhower asks if he can prove he's from space, Bill says, come look at the massive scarecrow spacecraft that I brought with me. You know. But, you know, Eisenhower tells him, you know, he can't just leave. You know, he's got security messenger, you know, he, he just can't up and leave and go see the spacecraft. Although I would have. But what are you going to do, you know? So that's when Nixon comes in, right? And he greets Vale like he's some old friend that he hasn't seen in a long time. And then Val gets down to business. He says, tells him why he's here. He says that he's been sent to Earth by something called the High Council, which seems to be this committee of intergalactic beings that are looking out for the universe. He says it's his mission to speak with the military leaders and convince them to deactivate their nuclear arsenal. Maybe, Terry. Um, because obviously nuclear warfare won't be just bad for the Earth. And I've said that before. It's not just going to fuck up the Earth. It's going to mess up the whole universe. And according to Vale, its concern is for the entire galaxy. But here is where the clues... Um, why Vale goes directly to Eisenhower. Why didn't he go to some scientist or military personnel, right? Maybe they knew that Eisenhower could be trusted to listen to? Because remember, just three years earlier in 1954, when Eisenhower was on vacation in Palm Springs, California, we've talked about this before, but after dinner, he didn't return to his room at the ranch where he was staying. Supposedly, he was rushed off to an appointment. Now, this part is all confirmed because they even, the Associated Press, even wrote an article saying President Eisenhower was dead. But obviously that wasn't true. The next morning, he said he hit, chipped a tooth on a chicken wing and needed emergency dental work done. Right, Andy. Right. That's where this is going. So, um, so obviously there's a lot of people that believe that this dental appointment is basically a cover-up story, right? Because allegedly Eisenhower was actually called to Edwards Air Force Base about two hours outside of Palm Springs and waiting for him there was extraterrestrials hoping to spark a deal. In this meeting would be part of more meetings. And I think 
I heard Mr. Eddie come in. Maybe. There he is, folks, the one and only alien of our times. Hey, if I'm late, it's all, all because of you. You made me stay up and watch that damn movie. I know. I told him about it. <laughs> I told him that's why you were late. Hell of a movie, though. Hell of a movie. No spoilers. All right. I'm not going to hey, spoil anything. Player. Good morning, everybody. Could have been a Russian chicken wing, Terry. Okay, could have been. So we're talking about Valiant Thor. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. I know, because you know I was excited and that I had an experience last night and that I'll tell later on. Well, it can't be too much later. Remember, I'm only here for about another hour. Right, I know. So... <laughs> he's not late enough to have a baby <laughs> no he's a baby shower hey you getting more coffee down there woman no Shit. I didn't know I, when you were going to be up <laughs> I, I didn't know when I was getting up I'm thirsty I'm sorry it's alright so let me get through this, and then I'll make you some. No, I'll just suffer. Oh, jeez. Do you see how he does? Do you see how he does? So this meeting with Eisenhower sparked a deal. And this was the first, many, first of many. It led to a written agreement between America and the extraterrestrials called the Grieta um, Treaty. What the treaty was, was they would give United States some advanced technologies if they could abduct humans for their own experiments. To which Eisenhower was apparently like, well, you know, why not? (laughs) He he agreed to long as the names of those abductees were reported back to the government's UFO Research Committee, which has the name Majestic 12. Fuck off, Andy. <laughs> Shut up, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you think about it, Eisenhower's motivations kind of make sense when it comes to this, because they're in the midst of the Cold War. He would want to get ahead in technology, right? (laughs) He wants to be first in the race against the Soviets. What way, what better way to do it? Here's the thing, though. When Valiant Thor is asking about this, the abducting scene is almost minuscule. Right? It's minuscule and into what Thor's asking. He basically was saying, hey, can you turn off your nuclear warheads? And when he arrives at the White House, the entire world, he wants them to disarm the entire world. And that's a pretty massive thing. A good thing, but a massive thing. 
So obviously Eisenhower is like, hurry back, Mo. Eisenhower didn't say that, but he said. I was going to say, when the hell will Eisenhower ever say that? <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously he's unable to make any promises, but he's willing to try. So the president gets down to business. And while he does that, Vail, he sets Vail up with a pretty awesome apartment in the Pentagon. And Vail returns the favor by helping the government stop, uh, keep up the space, you know, with scientists and everything from space exploration to medical research. He becomes somewhat of a science project, project himself. I did read that they tried to put um, a needle in his arm and it broke. It wouldn't like go through his skin. If that's what he had, I don't know. He looked like he did, had skin, but you know, you never know. Um, they re- The researchers found out that his IQ. Thank you, End Times, for the follow. Oh, I think that happened yesterday. But it, apparently the notification just, hey, it's like our phones. <laughs> I don't know. Did you, do, you didn't do a show yesterday. No, but I do know that they did follow yesterday. And time okay. wizard. All right. Yeah, basically, Andy glorified. No, nope, just now. And time okay. says it was just now. Oh, it was just now. Okay, I'm sorry. My bad. Well, welcome to the show, End Time. Welcome, End Time. I hope we don't end time yet, though. <laughs> so, um, so his IQ is well beyond 200 points. He's but you told you, you told me it would have made fucking uh, well I actually said it, but it, it yeah, would have made right. Einstein look stupid, right? I mean, it's crazy. They put his the suit that he was wearing, the one the gold suit that he was wearing. They put that under test with, according um, one report, allegedly Senate. Um, they used everything from a diamond drill to acid to high velocity rifle, even a laser to try to penetrate this thing, but it wouldn't penetrate. It wouldn't. <laughs> Andy's having a rough day over there. Andy's having an, uh, an Andyism Wednesday. Yes. Or Thursday. What the hell is today? Thursday. Wednesday. Our uh, Wednesday, your Thursday. No, it's not. No. It's not. Never no. This is Thursday. No, it's Wednesday because I'm off tomorrow. Fuck, whatever fucking day it is, Andy's having it. <laughs> uh, I got to get water. End Times is just like, what the hell is going on with this channel? <laughs> All right, so they they can't get through the jumpsuit war, right? It says that he's basically like treated like a rab. A rab, a lab rat. Jesus, now you guys are passing it on to me. Um, but he's no means a prisoner, a prisoner in the Pentagon. He's generally treated as a guest. They said that he can teleport in and out of his apartment as much as he pleases, you know. And shortly after his arrival, him and a couple of his crew members there, they go to a backyard. UFO convention in Highbridge, New Jersey. 
And according to few reports, Vale and his friends wowed this group of believers with their interstellar abilities. One account says they're able to speak any human language on command. So, I mean, hey, Jesse, welcome on. How you doing? <laughs> so, what happens after that is this photographer, he's an Air Force... Thank you so much for the lemons, freaky geek. Thank you, thank you. Um, this U.S. Air Force photographer captures these pictures of Thor and his crew members. And he gets a hold of his buddy, Dr. Frank Stranges. Now, Dr. Frank Stranges is a Christian minister, right? And he's right in the middle of writing his next book. But he is very, even though he's Christian and, and he's, you know, very much about his faith, he also is, has, how do I say it? He's a centric. Basically, he's open-minded, you know, kind of like we are. He says that he has a degree in psychology, criminology, and theology. There's that word, theology. Keep that in mind, okay? Just like the priest that NASA hired. Anyway. He's also spent time as a private investigator and a U.S. Marshal. He's extremely into UFOs, so he can imagine, you can imagine Frank's absolutely de delight when he receives a phone call from his friend, August Roberts. He's that Air Force photographer. Before Frank can even get out the words hello, he's going on about, welcome back, Christina. Um, he's going well, out. What the about, fuck? My name's goddamn Eddie. Who the hell are you calling Christina? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> How he met a couple of extraterrestrials and snapped their pictures. <clears throat> so, of course, you know, Frank's wondering what Augie's smoking. But he tells him this is no joke. He'll be right over to prove it. So, a few hours later, Frank is staring down the images of what looks like a pretty normal guy. Surrounded by other normal people in the backyard. Frank isn't sure what to make of it, but he's thinking Augie possibly might have gone off the deep end. <laughs> but Frank's known Augie for a long time, so he knows he's a pretty reliable source. I mean, even in the photographs. Now, I tried looking for this photograph, and I don't, I can't find it. But apparently, even in the photograph, like, these people are looking at Valiant Thor, like, in awe of him, and they don't know him. Do you know what I mean? So, Frank keeps the copies of the photo, and, you know, thinking it might come in handy. In December of 1959, Frank's on a national tour promoting his newest book. He's visiting churches throughout 
the U.S. sharing his theory that extraterrestrials are more connected to the Bible than we think. Frank believes that UFOs are literally angels that have been sent to earth by God to improve mankind. In fact, he claims the, the book of Ezekiel clearly describes the, the UFO, you know, when they talk about Ezekiel's wheel. Kind of what's in the, the movie Contact. I love that movie, by the way. I think I said that's a good movie. Yes. So that's basically what they saw. That's Ezekiel's wheel. Um, so he tries to prove these extraterrestrials are benevolent creatures and they're not worthy of fear. And then he wraps up, to, wraps up his presentation with that picture of Valiant Thor. So after one of these lectures in D.C., a woman approaches Frank. She doesn't say much. She flashes her Pentagon ID and asks if they can chat privately behind closed doors. So the woman asks Frank, how would you like to meet the man in those images? And Frank's like, yeah. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> so Nancy tells him to meet her outside at his hotel at 8 a.m. So the next morning... Frank is beyond thrilled, but at the same time, he's thinking, is this a freaking joke? Somebody messing with me? You know what I mean? Which I can understand, right? This person comes out of nowhere. So at 8 a.m., he goes outside. And here comes Nancy pulling up. She pulls up and escorts Frank to the Pentagon. When they arrive, they don't even go through the main entrance. They actually go through some back door after getting past security, which according to Frank in his book, which that links in the description as well, requires, like, there's no credentials being shown. They just walk right in. So either she's well known or the Pentagon's easier to get into than you think. No, I'm joking. I'm just joking. Don't try it. <laughs> um, no, not Nancy Reagan. <laughs> So, okay. So inside Frank, she leads him through the unmarked door and she kind of like gives him a nod, like, go ahead. Frank sees that there's three army men doing paperwork inside and they're not even paying attention to him. They, you know, look up, acknowledge him and let go back to their paperwork. Then from another door walks this guy Frank knows as Valiant Thor. Now, Vale starts talking to him, and he doesn't beat around the bush. He's got, he's, he's there for a mission, right? So he tells the author there's a reason why Nancy brought him here today. He needs someone who's open-minded to the idea of extraterrestrial life, and that is a devout Christian faith, which is when Vale drops the big bomb. He tells Frank, that there's something people need to understand about Christianity. He says, Jesus is actually a space alien. Now, I've heard this theory before, but I don't know where. It's been a long time since I've researched this, but um, about Jesus being a space alien and hearing that, um, not this story. But anyway, it it sounds crazy, right? But 
Frank literally was writing books about this, about how, you know, Ezekiel's wheel, how there are UFOs in the Bible, you know, so he's all for it, hook, line, and sinker, right? He tells him that God is displeased with mankind, but he hasn't lost all hope yet, and he needs Frank to be a disciple to get this message across. He says, quote, mankind can return to the Lord and exchange vows willing to unlock the secrets of the universe to frame over the course of, we would unlock the secrets to the universe. So 30 minute, this whole 30 minute meeting, Veil confirms a few other things like the idea that there's life on all the other planets, some that man hasn't even conceived of yet. And the thing with it is, he tells Frank strange things that about him they, and his family that Frank doesn't even know. He has to later confirm it with his parents. But it must be pretty personal stuff because Frank's never divulged what Vale told him about his family. So... He tells him that there's only a few people in Washington who knows about his existence. And those who know about him have refused to help. Instructions from the High Council are to remain on Earth and he's to remain on Earth until March 16th, 1960. But the clock is ticking now and Vale needs to, you know, he's realizing that he's not going to get his mission done. Now, Eisenhower made multiple attempts to alert the world of these messages. The Secretary of Defense and the Joint Chiefs of Staff, according to Frank, many of these politicians feared that the world, if the world knows about Valiant Thor, will choose to follow his lead instead of sending anyone or everything into absolute chaos. Which makes sense, right? Isn't that what we're hearing now or have been told in the past? <laughs> right? Well, Andy, they didn't have Facebook back then. <laughs> but that's true. So, when he tells Frank to, you know, when I'm gone, let it be known that this is going to change his life and that it might, you're going to have people to threaten your life. And what is he talking about? He's talking about the shadow government, basically. Right? But Frank says he's up for the challenge. He leaves the Pentagon that day with um, all these emotions, I'm sure. Because, I mean, Vale basically just told him his life work. You know, he's he's worked on this his whole life. And Vale has now validated what he thought. So, after three years... 
of back and forth with Eisenhower, Val's final meeting with the president is a total bust. On March 16, he returns to his craft in Alexandria, Virginia, takes off leaving um, leaving our presumably doomed planet, and now it's up to Frank to carry the torch. Right, you mean the real powers that be, exactly. And this is where this is all going to come into play, okay, when we talk about this, because it's crazy. It's crazy. So anyway, on November 1967, Frank is invited to speak at the UFO convention in Germany. It's been over seven years since Valiant Thor departed and Frank is still doing his best to spread his message. The idea that Jesus is an alien, the nuclear arms needs to be de deactivated and so on, right? And there's plenty of people that are actually interested in Frank's work. In fact, after his arrival in Germany, he's asked for an interview by some Italian magazine. So Frank is there, you know, having some soup across the table from the magazine reporter and the photographer. And they're questioning him about Vale. Like, what are the terms of your agreement? Where is he now? When will he return to Earth? And he notices that they're getting a bit aggressive. Thank you for the follow, Adrian. Thank you so much. Or for the sub, I should say. Uh, well, follow the sub. Kind of the same thing. Yeah, and welcome back to you. Thank you. <laughs> you might be getting a call down to the front. Great. I well, already the guy, Well, the guy, the, the guy with the uh, golden retriever. Yeah. He can't, his key won't work. I, when I walked out the door, he was standing there trying to get a hold of Mr. Mr. Hong. And you know, the only way he can get him in the room is by using his master key. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that the guy's going to need a new uh, key card to get into his room. No problem. But uh, Andy should be coming back. So anyway, or not Andy, I mean, I was going to say Alex. I was going to say, but, but, did, Andy's in the room. He's right there. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Mo. <laughs> oh, I knew this show was going to be crazy today. But anyway, so anyway, they're getting kind of aggressive, right? So Frank was kind of relieved when the Mater D came over and told him he has a phone call. So he goes and answers the phone call. He comes back. These guys are gone. Their plates and everything, like they just disappeared. Hi, Blue. Hey, Blue. Welcome back, Mo. So he sits down and kind of shrugs it off and takes another, but you know, drinking a soup or eating a soup, whatever. But he tastes this grittiness that wasn't there before. And this is followed by a painful burning sensation that down his throat and into his stomach. Now he's pretty sure that, yeah, he's been poisoned. Thank God his interpreter is sitting in a table nearby. He comes rushing over and helps Frank back to his hotel room. Thank you, Freaky Geek, for the ice cream. Very much appreciated. A little early for it, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you for the ice creams. <laughs> trying to make us go to the dentist. I know, right? Thank you for the lemons. So he comes rushing back over um, and takes him to the hotel room. Now, this time, Frank is coughing up blood and things are looking serious. And that's when a weird thing happens. The interpreter whips out this vial of powder, puts it into a glass of water and tells him to drink it. Moment later, moments later, Frank falls asleep. And when he wakes up, he feels completely fine. So he asks his translator, what gave him, what did he, what did you give me? And how did you know that you were going to need that? The translator, who supposedly was a medical student, said he has no idea what he gave him. All he knows is that prior to this trip, someone called him, told him to take this powder from his lab and bring it with him to the meeting. Before he can finish his sentence, the hotel room rings. And at the other end of the line is a warm, familiar voice, Valiant Thor. It says to Frank, don't, didn't I tell you to be careful about who you meet with? And then, you know, warns him again, you need to take extreme caution. They will reunite in person soon, but be careful. So seven months later, Frank gets another call from Valiant Thor, who tells him to fly to San Diego as soon as possible. When Frank arrives, he's pretty shocked that Thor's just sitting there waiting by the baggage claim for him. <laughs> they get into a rental car, and they start to <clears throat> towards the Mexican border. They arrive in the coastal town of San Felipe, where Vale takes Frank to a boat, and after a few minutes of cruising the ocean, Frank spots something spectacular. It's a massive silver ship floating on the surface of the water, and as they get closer, the, the hatch on the craft begins to open, and Frank is welcomed inside. According to him, he's, had, he's told to disrobe and put through the sterilization compartment, kind of like a shower, but without water. He said he's given a lightweight jumpsuit, and he's escorted to this buffet of food and drinks that he's never even tasted or seen on Earth. From there, he's given a full tour of the ship, and he describes the ship as, um, sounds, the way he describes it sounds like a resort. It has a library, a laboratory, an auditorium, even has its own power plant at the center, and apparently even the toilets are unlike anything Frank's ever used before. But the strangest part of the tour is when Vale and his crew gather around this giant view screen. It's like a big projector that can tune into anything happening anywhere at any time on the world, in the world, you know? So on this day, Senator Bobby Kennedy happens to be given a speech at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. And now according to Frank, Bobby Kennedy is one of the few politicians that Val had developed a trusting relationship with. And supposedly just a few weeks prior to Bobby even to this, Bobby even asked about his chances of becoming president. 
But Vale warns him. He said, basically, in four years, you'll make a great president. Right now, just stay out of the limelight. So gathered up in front of that view screen, Vale and Frank and the rest of the crew watch as Kennedy wraps up his speech. And as almost as soon as he walks off stage, he's assassinated. Now, naturally, Frank is in shock. He just watched Bobby Kennedy get shot in real time. But Val and his crew once again seemed to know that that was what the future held. One of the crew members allegedly stands up and says something like, if only he'd listened to you, Val. <coughs> I know it seems crazy, but according to other sources, his story has never waved or wavered over the years. He's never Nothing's changed. He'll relay it just as, you know what I mean? Which is impressive because it is very detailed in the book. Like I said, the book is linked down in the description below. Um, so after this, he gets basically beat up. Okay, a car comes, a couple guys come out starts beating him to a pulp, him and his wife. Um, I want to say, if I can remember right, it was their honeymoon or something like that or a vacation or something. But anyway, he gets beat up enough to where he's paralyzed from his neck down. Let's, let's be on getting beat up. Right, Yeah. So he's rushed to the hospital where doctors are certain he suffered a broken neck and other spinal injuries. But they aren't sure if the paralysis is like permanent or if he, but either way, it's not going to be an easy recovery, right? So once Frank is left alone, a familiar figure appears in the door of his hospital room. It's Vale. As he says, there to save his life yet again. And all it takes is Vale's healing hand, which he places on Frank and it sends a warm, tingling sensation down his body. A few hours later, Frank is able to walk right out of those doors like nothing ever happened. Can I ask you, doesn't, it, doesn't all this seem a little bit coincidental, though? Coincidental for what? How, how Vale always happens to be right there for, for him when he's sick or whatnot. Right, right. Um, so, his, you know, obviously his rapid recovery completely blows the mind of his wife and his doctors. No, how many, no matter how many times he comes close to death, to him it's worth it. He still wants to get this message out. He never cuts off his friendly relationship with Vale in the years that followed, the two supposedly even write a book together called Outwitting Tomorrow, which is down in, I placed it in the links below as well. And um, and it's over on shadowsofthemoon.net on the forum. But anyway, uh, according to Frank, Vale still spends a lot of time on Earth today. Supposedly he's just outside of Las Vegas in an invisible ship called the Victor One. And I'm going to play something for you in a minute. Um, <laughs> according to Frank, there is a couple hundred of these things 
serving humanity all over the planet. I guess we're talking like Africa, China, Japan, Russia, pretty pretty much all over. The, the, the key areas of the world. Right. That's what it sounds like, right? Um, and that... I can understand, like I said, it sounds crazy, but this is validated by all others aside from August Robert, you know, the Air Force photograph, right, who snapped a picture of Val, and we'll share those as well. Um, There's also Dr. Bird. He says he worked for the Air Force UFO research program known as Project Blue Book, which was confirmed operation. At this time, remember, he couldn't say anything because Project Blue Book didn't exist, right? Um, but he confirmed that he worked for a Project Blue Book back in the day, and nobody believed it, right? But then it obviously came to be known as Project Blue Book. Um, allegedly, Dr. Bird had access to several top-secret documents <clears throat> in Valiant Thor. The story was also backed up by the former Canadian Minister of National Defense, Paul Hellyer, and he insisted... Um, he insisted that there has been face-to-face meetings between government officials and aliens and claims the best evidence of this was Valiant. Um, They had a massive, a valued mission. Holy crap, that scared me. (laughs) Well, thank you, Simon, for subscribing. subscribing. Welcome, Simon. Welcome, welcome. I hope you enjoy the show. It's a little crazy today. Everything's going wonky. Um, so if your sound goes out, let us know. <laughs> so far, two people have lost their sound. But uh, anyway, he claims that this meeting was a massive turning point in global history and the opportunities that mankind completely failed to seize. And then there's, of course, also, President Eisenhower's great-granddaughter, Laura. She said that Vale was placed on VIP status by the government and that her great-grandfather tried to schedule a meeting with the United Nations to talk about this whole thing, and he was shut down. You know, if this was really just a work of Frank's imagination in his book in talking about Valiant Thor... Why would all these prominent people jeopardize their careers and saying, yeah, you know, there was a valiant Thor. Like I said, there's many photos of valiant Thor and, and I'll be sharing them here in a minute. Um, with all the photographs of valiant Thor, nobody has denied their authenticity. Okay. In addition, the reports have been confirmed by numerous officials connected to the government. Again, you know, Haley Byrd, a nephew of Admiral Richard Byrd, who was working for the Department of Defense in the time of the alien was on our planet. Another person who confirmed that was, of course, Phil Snyder. Now, if you don't know who Phil Snyder is, go look at him, go watch some of his stuff, because he's the one that I told you about who was digging. He was a contractor. You remember him, honey. Um, He supposedly hung himself with his own 
catheter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was suicide, they said. Yeah, so is Epstein. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, Phil Snyder, he, he participated in several secret projects of the United States government, such as the construction of several underground military bases, and he worked at the famous Area 51. In addition, the members of the Eisenhower family, family including, like I said, the granddaughter, Laura, also his daughter, said, claimed this as well. Um, she, Laura came out and said, yeah, this is basically a true story. Not to mention, this isn't the only report of alien visitations. Um, look at all the, all the shutdowns of our nuclear devices in the last 75 years. Right? Listen to, I'm telling you, you want to hear something that has some emotion in it? Listen to... <clears throat> But what is it? This, I can't remember if it's the Congress or the Senate. I think it's the Senate where David Roberts talks about his the missile silo shutting down. And all those guys that, you know, girls and guys that came forward. What was that? Was that you? Don't be messing with shit. Um. Hey, don't tell me not to mess, mess with shit. I'm trying to get all the notifications or shit turned off on my phone. Oh, but, uh, you know, all those testi testimonies. And I just want to say huge kudos to them because that takes a lot of fucking balls. You know, and I've said it before. And what I, you know. I'm not here to make anybody believe in this shit. But all I can say is this shit has destroyed a lot of people's lives. And they were scared to come forward. And kudos to you that have come forward. And kudos to the people that are still living with us that can't share it. Well, really, definitely the biggest kudos goes to fucking Eisenhower's great-granddaughter. Right. You know, but I mean, all these people, you know, um, Frank passed away in 2000. And I will go ahead and this is what, while I was reading and researching, I'll give you, these are going to be weird, but so this is what I thought about. This is what happens to me when I go into research mode, okay? <laughs> I start doing these side note things, only usually I don't write them down, but I've gotten smarter. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to write them down. So these are going to sound a little weird, but uh, this is what goes through my head. I said, side note, I have to study more because I'm reading documents. It has to do with Iraq and Turkey and all that. So my thought is, with this story and everything, my thought is, at this point in time, that there is a reason we are having alien disclosure and the UFO disclosure, because it's the reason that we pulled out of Iraq and Iran. Like, I read somewhere, and I couldn't find it. I went back and tried to find it, and it was magically gone. Um, about wow. the Griotta Treaty, 
and everything. And it has to do with uh, basically over in Iraq and Iran. Now, this is back in the 50s, right? So I got thinking of like, why are we having disclosure now? Right? Why is it what's happening now? That's what we pulled out of there, right? Does that make sense? Am I coming across? I'm, I'm just kind Am of I conf- I'm just confused how the the sixties or the fifties and sixties came involved in Iraq and Iran while we pulled out of there. No, we pulled out of there now is what I'm saying. But back in the day, the Griotta Treaty. Oh, okay. So you you two, went, you went on two ahead. different times, but it just kind of ran together. It made it seem like right. one. Right. I'm like, oh, I I'm, see. I was, we weren't in Iraq and Iran in in, in the fifties and sixties. So I no, we got Griotta, a treatment or a treaty does have to do with Iraq and Iran. I get it, but when you talked about it, you just didn't have that separation of a timeline. It just made I'm it. Sorry. Make, you know how it, I am. It, it made it seem like we, we we pulled out of Iraq and Iran in the 50s and 60s. And I'm like, well, we weren't there in the 50s and 60s. Right, right. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But this is okay. how my mind works, right? So. Oh, I know how your mind works. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So that way, when the real aliens do come, we'll be ready for them, I think. They realize that they made a mistake with the first treaty about letting aliens having abductions. I think Eisenhower realized that oh I fucked up. Do you know what I mean? Letting letting them abduct us. Basically. So that's why he was trying so hard to when Valiant Thor came he wanted to be like okay let's do this and make peace and you know what I mean? Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, I, I I totally understand what you're saying. Okay. Um, Sometimes I don't know if you, if, if you're, that, that question's actually intended for me or if it's an in general uh, right. question to everybody else. Right. So, yeah. So, I wrote, I think after the meeting with Valiant Thor, Eisenhower realized that the shadow government was all for the abductions of the humans, which I believe, don't quote me, but which I believed were the draconians and the Orion Greys. Um, so he tried, basically Eisenhower, when Valiant Thor came, he tried to right his wrong. But the shadow government wasn't going to have that. They wanted to be on the draconian side, get all this technology, and that's why Valiant Thor, when he came down and spoke about the council, he offered the technology because that's what they agreed, we agreed to before. Um, in my mind, when the Draconian came down, and of course Eisenhower thought he that they were the only alien race. I thought that, but I realized not. Um, I think Eisenhower was tricked into the Griotta Treaty by the Shadow Government. Well, that don't make sense. If, if the Shadow <laughs> Government was the one trying to stop all this, then how was Eisenhower tricked by the shadow uh, government to default for the treaty? Eisenhower, like, okay, go ahead. But I thought Eisenhower is the one that, that won this treaty 
to stop all the nuclear war and this and that. Right. The Griotta Treaty and, and Valiant Thor are two different times. The Griotta Treaty happened three, three years before when President Eisenhower supposedly chipped his tooth and he was gone. Yeah, that's what it was. He, he chipped his tooth. Yes, on a sh- chicken wing. Yes. Um, so it says, so Eisenhower, I think Eisenhower was tricked in the Griotta Treaty by the shadow government. Um, so when Valdale and them came down, he tried to right us wrong. The Griotta Treaty has something to do with Iran or Iraq. The treaty itself was not. Um, the treaty itself was not interfered with each. The whole thing says to not interfere with each other's affairs, and also that the Greys would share technology with the U.S. and the aliens would be able to abduct humans for various experiments, and that it was allowed as long as they shared the names of the abductees to the Majestic Twelve. And I also have extra links for that. But I want to show you something. Um, let me go ahead and do this. Sorry, guys, that I'm not watching chat. I'm just trying to get through all this. <laughs> I'm, watching, I'm watching chat. Okay. Um, let me go ahead and share this. See, I'll say it this way real quick. Yeah. Um, um, the way the, the story, way the story is, going is going is, 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 is all these timelines time together. together. And, and, and it's, hard it's hard to decipher. decipher the the federal government wanted war. war. Once, once we caught the conflict, Eisenhower, Eisenhower wanted, peace. wanted peace. But the way but the, the way story's, story's going, going uh, because there's because no there's breaking no break a timeline, break timeline it, it makes it sound like it's all one and together. together. Right, right. Does that make Does that make sense? Yeah. you 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 can imagine how my mind was all running together. It, it, it's yeah, not the, the, yeah, is not the, the yeah, there is an echo. She's got another channel open, Nicole. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Watch your ears. I don't know how hard. Okay. This is Laura, anyway. Different things to try and get information. I'd bring up like 9/11, or I'd bring up Valiant Thor. Um, I, I would talk about like the Mars stuff, and you know, and these are different gatherings. And again, I had to kind of like bring it back in because I wasn't going to get anywhere. And it wasn't like I was being shut down or like don't do it. It was more like the subject would easily get changed, and it just you know. It was difficult. So obviously family members have noticed that now I'm a public person. Um, and a lot of the stuff they were worried about, they're not so worried about anymore. They're like, okay, well, people are taking you seriously. You know, there's, in, you know, some kind of intelligence energy coming in. It's not delusional. And, um, but I did have to live a double life. And now I feel a lot more grounded and integrated because they have my back and, and I'm not being like shunned or branded for being, you know, like having the family name and doing it with, they're like, thank God somebody's doing it. That's that's really really amazing. Can, for for our viewers, could you explain who Valiant Thor is? So Valiant Thor um, supposedly met with uh, Eisenhower and Nixon, um, I believe at the right at the beginning of the 1960s, um, and he presented a mission and goal to assist the human race and to start to shut down like the darker aspects of the government. And um, 
and they felt like really uh, a strong affinity with Eisenhower and Nixon. So, and Eisenhower did as well. And supposedly, uh, he put him on VIP status for three years at the Pentagon um, to try and assist him in changing this whole game. Um, and it just got shut down and shut down. Uh, and they all kind of decided that, you know, we're not going to accept the help of these beings from Venus, which was Valiant Thor. There was a ship called our Victor one and, and about maybe three or four other main characters with him that were really wanting to help humanity to awaken and to change like the whole game. So they shut that down. Um, uh, and, and that was kind of devastating for Eisenhower because, you know, he, he was dealing with these other treaties and this other stuff. And it's like, ooh, finally, you know, here's here's some real bene benevolent help. Um, and that's when he really started to realize, like, I have no power, you know? What is the warning about the military-industrial complex? Um, is really, like, there's this whole other power structure here, and even though I'm put in this position of power, there's nothing I can do to help um, these goals. So supposedly Valiant Thor just stayed and, and, and stationed motherships all over the Earth, uh, one near Lake Mead, and you can feel the vibrational energy of it, but it's invisible. Like, you can just tell there's, like, something that's cloaked, um, and he's, he's, like, still interacting, and they're working together, and a lot of channelers bring their information through Eisenhower and Valiant Thor as a team. Wow, that's so, so Valiant Thor is still active? Oh, wow, that's really interesting. And yeah. I didn't realize so, that. Uh, a friend of mine who's here, uh, Valiant Thor, was a spirit guide of hers all throughout her life. And, and uh, Valiant told her to come to this particular event I was at. Um, it was McGowan's event in Montauk, New York, no less. And she's like, Valiant told me to come. He's like, you know, she was like bringing in, you know, all this information about the two of them, you know, working together and in, in these, you know, still interacting. And, uh, yeah, she's here now, but all sorts of stuff comes through and they're they're really right here with us you know doing what they can from the other side interesting right oh i'm oh, sorry yeah i'm sure, yeah, you, I'm are. sure you are <laughs> hey tommy hey tommy so what do you guys think the no it's coming from your side well, I'm not echoing now. It's when you it's when you went to share that YouTube. When when you do that, it'll open up the 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 sound. So I'm I, not I, on YouTube, honey. When you whatever it was you opened up to play what you were just going to play is when it started echoing. Once you shut it off, now it's not echoing. Okay. All right. So yeah. I, I, here's a good theory for you. What if this Valiant Thor was nothing but a ploy to try to get the world to shut down nuclear missiles? What if it wasn't a, a, a scheme for everybody to shut down their nuclear uh, uh, race, but then the United States are secretly still building them? Do, do, do you understand what I mean? No. Okay. What if they, this valiant Thor, okay, mm -hmm. really isn't a real person or alien, whatever. And Eisenhower in, in the United States on the good side is trying to convince the rest of the world that valiant Thor is here to help us, blah, blah, blah. So, we get everybody to stop their nuclear race, but we're secretly still building because everybody thinks Valiant Thor is here to save the world. 
don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Yes, Thor has aged over time, although he, would I say, four to seven hundred years old? Four to seven hundred? Yeah, they can live like four to seven hundred years old. Or as you said it last night, seven one hundred years. I believe that they have that power. You never felt anything there, Spitfire? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you here. I'll sh first. I'll show the pictures. We'll see Valiant Thor. Um, and here's an interesting thing, guys. All, all the uh, photos that Shadow showed me last night. Uh, not a one of them. Did you get a picture? You see a picture of him directly face on. They're all profile pictures. Yeah, he brought that up. I don't know if there's any significant, but yeah, Eddie brought that up last night. Um, no, I don't want to do that. There we go. All right, so. We need that so it don't echo. Hopefully it don't echo. So this is Valiant Thor over here at the end. We have that one. This is him. This is him at the, it's, there's a bigger picture. Yeah, right here. This is where he was in the government. Do you notice his hands? I think we've talked about this before, I believe, but Eddie brought that up about how weird his hand look, looks. Well, look, at, look at how long his thumb looks. Yeah. Um. Apparently, I tried to get pictures of his hands because apparently he has six fingers on each hand. Um. But I couldn't find any. <laughs> they, it was weird, but that's him. Although you can see, but I don't see, I don't oh, know. Scroll back to, up. There is actually one photo of his face directly. Oh, yeah. Well, not quite a full shot, but. But, yeah. That's, that's him in all his glory. And you can tell how he has aged over the years. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to tell them about your experience yesterday? Because it, it's already eleven twenty, and I gotta start getting ready to go. Okay. Um. So, after doing all this research, you know me, I got an experiment, right? So what I did, and call me crazy, I don't care. You know, crazy. you know how I am. Shut up. Um. I sat there and did some, and it was weird. It was very weird. I was not thinking about anything other than what the research that I did and everything like that. So I kind of did some CE5, um, but I did it 
as I called his name. Okay. Because after I got excited, after hearing her say that he's still active and he's still around, I'm like, oh, shit, all right, let's try to contact him, right? I, the thing that is, is when I did it, I instantly got sick. Well, not sick, but feeling like I was going to get sick. But not a negative feeling. I believe a lot of it has to do with the vibrate. My vibration didn't match his vibration. Like he had a very high vibration and not that I have a low vibration, but I wasn't matching his. I instantly. You're not as high as he is. Right. And the weird thing is, is like I said, I was fine throughout the whole day. Eddie noticed it when he came home from work. He's like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) I'm like, I don't feel good. Um, so, yeah, try it, Andy. See what happens. Um, but I did it. I even stopped and then did it again to see if it would happen again. And sure enough, it happened again. Um, but you said the second time was actually stronger than the first. Like you, you instantaneously wanted to puke. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely a weird experience. And then me and Eddie watched The Matrix, and then Eddie saw a shadow go in my room. It's the first shadow that I've seen. Not come in the room. It, it kind of went uh, across your ceiling. Right. So, you, well, you never know, Spitfire. There are some long and lanky guys out there in basketball. <laughs> and you're right. Uh Spitfire, there are a lot of people that are born with six fingers, six toes. Uh, I mean, it's just a description that they were given him. But the weird part is that you can't get a clear photo of his hands. Right. Yeah, I tried. I Believe me, I've been doing this for four days. Not straight, but, you know, enough. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just a very... I guess the part that got me really in like really diving into it was when I talked about um or when I read about the Iraq Iran thing. And I'm like, okay, why disclosure now? What's going on now? And like like there's a whole thing about um you know, if you guys keep up with the times on this sort of stuff, like how when Trump was in office, he was supposed to disclose the alien agenda, um, but they kicked him out because the high, the, they said the high council didn't want him to tell the world, but I don't know if it was the high council. I, I think it was the draconian and the, the shadow government, obviously, um, and stuff like that. They're supposed to be, that's why disclosure came out. Um, also, if you look back, like um with us pulling out of the i think something we were supposed to stay in iraq or iran where where were we iraq yeah <laughs> i can't remember i can't remember desert storm happened in afghanistan iraq iran okay Europe. well I, to me afghanistan and iraq are two different things they um, are two different things they're, they're two different, different goddamn countries, countries. <laughs> okay then i'm okay then 
anyway, <laughs> I think we are, according to, for some reason, I, God, I wish I could find that fucking article. If I do, I will share it on the forums at shadowsofthemoon.net because <laughs> um, I believe that we're supposed to be there for some reason for our, the first Iranian or Iraqi um, or our first meeting with the aliens for that treaty. Do you know what I mean? I really truly believe that we were, that was part of the contract for some reason to be over in Iraq or to, you know, protect them or do something, whatever. I don't know. I don't we think over, we were over there trying to protect the Kurds. Right. No, I know that, but I'm just saying back in the sixties. Oh, well back then I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. I was just a twinkle in my daddy's eye. You weren't even that. <laughs> in the sixties I was, I was a oh, twinkle yeah. in his eye because I was born in 70. Okay. But <laughs> I, just, I don't know why I just have this feeling and then us pulling out. Like there was an agenda there in Iraq. So we were supposed to like do whatever, protect or whatever them, right? And then all of a sudden we're pulling out of Iraq and then we have alien and UFO disclosure. I think we're we're pulling back from the shadow government and becoming like they're trying to get rid of everything that has to do with the shadow government, which will never happen, I don't think, but might. So therefore, them pulling out of Iraq is going to start a UFO war. That's why we need disclosure. So we're ready for them. Does that make sense? Sorry, I can't talk and type and you know that. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to look real quick. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to get the timeline straight because you're talking about pulling out of Iraq in, in 1960s. and that. So I'm looking up to see if the United States military was in Iraq. No, and, not, we were in Iraq in 1950s and 60s, but something had to do with the Griotta Treaty about Iraq. And I can't freaking find the article again. I don't know what we were supposed to do in the 50s and 60s with Iraq. Was anything happening in the 50s and 60s with Iraq? No, that's what I'm trying to say. The way this story is reading, I mean, I know you're not doing it. You're, you're reading it the, the way it, it, it's laid out. But the way they're making it portrayed is we were at war in the 50s and 60s in, in, in the, uh, uh, what the hell is it, the Garada? Yeah. And, and the way that's coming about makes it sound like we pulled out of Iraq in the 50s and 60s. No. And, and, I'm getting that now, but the way the story's reading, it, it just it's makes it all sound like reading that. It's me trying to figure this out. Okay. It could be, Andy. I don't know. <laughs> but in this Griotta Treaty, oh God, that pisses me off so much. Well, I got um, to jump off here. I got to get ready for work. All right. I'm going to end this anyway. But there was just, yeah, I wish I could find that article. I wish I could freaking find that thing that I was looking at about uh, 
something to do with Iraq in the 50s and 60s. It just seems like the timeline's happening for a reason. How do you spell that word? Griada? Yeah. G-R-E-A-D-A? I believe that's, it is. That's Greta. All right, Freaky Geek, have a good day, hon. Thanks for coming in. Okay, I'm Thank you for the diamond, Freaky Geek. Holy shit, that scared me, actually. <laughs> you got me that day. No, not uh, Granada. Uh, Grieta? Treaty in the 1950? Yes. Okay, what pulls up real quick is it says... Uh, April 22nd, 1954, something to do with accordance with Article 43. Aliens, UFOs since the 1950s, Outer Space Treaty, U.S. Department of State. Treaty on the wow. principles governing the activities of state in the exploration of use in outer space. Eisenhower Treaty with the Alien Greys. Right, yeah, that. And then it says, what is the Griotta Treaty? And it gives a, a full disclosure, not a full disclosure, but a, a more in-depth look at it uh, from March 4th, uh, 2021. Right. I was reading one of those statements is what it was. I was reading an actual documentation, you know what I mean, that like Black Vault pulled out and that had something to do with Iraq. And I can't for the life of me find that original thing that I was reading, if that makes sense. It does. I, I understand what you're saying. And I'm looking down through these trying to, because I know you well enough that if I can spot it, it's going to be like, all right, that's the one she was reading. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, but yeah. I, I got to jump. I got to go. All right, baby. I love you. Have a good day. Love everybody here. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for putting up with me coming in late, but it's her fault. She kept me up watching The Matrix after i worked you know all all day yesterday so i love every single one of you baby i love you i love you babe i will see you after work all right take care hon be safe all right guys yeah like i said it's screwed up i wish i could find that article the documentation that i was reading um it would make a lot more sense with that <laughs> i'm just it's how my brain works I'm looking at different timelines, why things are happening now. And I really have, for some reason, I'm really pulled to of those situations. Does that make sense? I'm really like, those are com combined for some reason. Are they? I have no clue. But that's why we talk about it, right? That's why I want to get your guys' opinion on that. Greeky. Oh, Andy said, take care, Greeky. <laughs> Andy is having a rough day of typing. <laughs> of typing, hearing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just, there's a lot going on. Missy, can there be a connection to possibly the Sumerian civilization 
along with and until and and like oh is it frank that brings that up i think frank was when i was reading up on frank and if you look for frank stranges like i said if you're looking for his book it's down in the description um i have a couple links in there that might um but i believe that's part of his study And what he talks about. Hold on. Let me see something real quick. To try to give at least give you a, a link. Oh, I don't want his book. I got the link to a book. Um, I don't know. If you just look up Frank Stranges. There's a whole bunch of stuff. But there is a website I believe. Um. But that's what he was initially kind of doing his life work until Valiant Thor came in and was like validated for him, basically. I know, right? You have to put a bee in my bonnet. But yeah, just it starts back there and then ends up why we're having disclosure today. So, and it's crazy. It really is. But I like to know why things are happening when they're happening. So I kind of, like I said, I look at the history, I look at the present, and I look what connects in between. You know, that's what I do. I did want to read this one thing, and I thought it was really cool, because Valiant Thor, I'm scared to friend him, but he's got a LinkedIn account. <laughs> Where it said, advisor to the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Space Missile Defense Command, U.S. Army. Hey, cute goth, goth girl. How you doing, kitten? Hope all is well with you. Um, so anyway, he's got a recommendation from Vinnie Pinto, who is a mystic, spiritual teacher, guide, healer. But it's not... It's, it hasn't to, it hasn't to do with that mystic spiritual side. But it says this is a recommendation for Valiant Thor. I wish to state for the record that this recommendation is entirely unsolicited and rather I'm offering it freely and spontaneously and simply because I have been very impressed with Valiant Thor the few times that I've met him across the years. I first met, see, I think he's still down here on Earth, obviously. Well, obviously, right? Um, yes, Andy, he has. Um, but he's also a big, Frank has, is also a big Bible person as well. So, like, Valiant Thor kind of, like I said, validated his thoughts on the subject. So he said, I heard of Valiant Thor when I was about 10 years old in the early 60s. I had, on a whim, bought a copy of UFO Mag at a local newspaper store. And what happened upon the article um, it, with a photo of Val from 1943. About Valiant and his visit here from Venus. See, this says 43. And I know that was a big thing. I do remember hearing about, because the picture was from 1943 or something. I don't know. 
Then in 1964, while attending a weekend ham radio festival gathering, Hamfest in New York in New Jersey, I was introduced to Vale by an older ham radio buddy who worked in engineering for the fable, fabled Bell Labs. Vale was very polite, very courteous, and very charming, and obviously extremely intelligent. He also provided to be very knowledgeable about radios, electronics, physics, and astrophysics, all interests of mine. My buddy told me later that Vale had an IQ estimate of over 800, and that he he was there on Earth temporarily from Venus to provide consulting advice in the U.S. government. I met Vale again in 2004 while visiting a psychics professor friend at my old graduate school at university in PA. Vale had come to campus to visit the professor, and I was stunned when Vale walked into the office because I did he did not look a day older than when I had met him in 1964, 40 years earlier. This brought brought this brought home to me that by human standards, Vale is nearly immortal. Vale has once again very courteous, very courteous, and very charming. And again, the depth and breadth of his knowledge was obvious, obvious as was his great intelligence. He also also mentioned to me that he had gone back to Venus for a number of years after we had last met in '64, and he had only recently returned to Earth again to serve as an advisor to the world governments and to the U.S. military in all the interest of promoting world peace. He also told me that his ship was hidden in a forest in Virginia, and that someday he might take me on a quick jaunt to visit the famed methane waterfalls on Jupiter. I can say that I have never met a more intelligent, knowledgeable, courteous, and charming being than Vale in my life, and he looks almost totally human. You need to look closely to notice that slightly odd shape of his hands, which we did see that that thumb is very elongated, um, at least in my opinion. This is all, you know, in my opinion, um, <laughs> I guess. Um, and the fact that he has six fingers or the fact that he has no fingerprints. By the way, he told me that the average lifespan of a Venetian, I know I said that wrong, but you know what I mean, such as himself, for it seems that there was another sentiment race or sentient races of being of beings on Venus as well as his is from 480 to 700 years. So, did Frank die or transcend his body to possibly go work with uh, everything that I heard that says that he passed away in 2000? Interesting, Andy. I didn't even think about that. Andy said 1943, that would tie in with the American bomber pilots seeing the food dogs, the Foo Fighters, went on mess- missions. Interesting. Yeah, see? Yeah, I know. Me and Andy got talking. <laughs> Welcome back, Freaky Geek. Um, yeah, so, I mean, interest. it's just very interesting. And I'm still going to continue to, because after getting that weird feeling last night. And like I said, you can think I'm crazy. I don't care. I know my experiences and I know how well my body, I know my body and I know it reacts to different things. You guys have known me long enough. You, most of you have hung around with me for the last three years. So when I, I say stuff, I, I 
mean it. You know what I mean? So when my body went wonky and I felt like I was going to get sick, that throws a flag up to me. Not a, not a red flag because I didn't feel anything negative with it. But um, that's right. And he's like, Miss, we don't think you're crazy. We know it. That's right. Damn it. Um, but yeah, I just know something was different around me. Do you know what I mean? And I said that before, like when we watch Chad Kalick's videos and, you know, I forgot for the life of me, I can't remember one of his freaking videos that we watch. But anyway, um, no face, no face to gray and stuff like that. Yeah. Kind of like vertigo. Like I, it was a very weird feeling and it was the same feeling that not the same feeling. It was much stronger. Let me put that. It was much strong, stronger that like when we watch Chad Calix videos and, and anything like that, like if something comes in, I feel the different change in the atmosphere. No, I feel the different vibration frequency. Anyway, um, you get what I'm saying. And it's like when it has to do with aliens and I don't know, and it could be my mind. I don't know. I'm learning and growing just like you guys. You know what I mean? Every day. I might be 48 years old. I might be on my path since I was 16, but I'm still continuing to learn, right? Still continuing to learn. And so when I'm if it's different, like when we talk about aliens and something comes in, it's a different frequency. It's not like spirit-like energy. It's not that feeling. It's a totally different. And the one last night when I did that, it was strong as a motherfucker. I'll tell you that. Uh, that's right. Crazy does attract crazy. <laughs> And he says, that explains why Nicole likes me freaky. <laughs> no, Andy, you don't. <laughs> when you say, Missy, I need to send you a little something to open up the rest of your mind in one big hit. <laughs> no. <laughs> it all depends on what it is. No. Um, freaky says, I get that feeling now and then just sitting still. Not sure why. See? Freaky, you're opening up and you don't even realize it. A lot of times you don't realize it, you know, um, you really don't. It, that's why you got to go back. Like when I tell you guys, when we're talking about stuff like this and I tell you guys that really learn your body, what different feelings you get mean, really learn. I stress, I can't stress that enough. Because when something goes wonky, you're going to know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, Andy. No, I'm good, really. <laughs> and it says, in four to six hours, Missy, you can learn more than you've learned in the last 48 years. <laughs> I know. I, I And I, I really believe in it. I do. I do. But um, I just like being in control of my own body. You know, and if you're new here... Seriously, I do not do drugs. I don't, I hardly ever drink unless you consider coffee and Pepsi. They're my drug of choice and cigarettes. 
But other than that, I don't smoke. I don't drink. Um, I don't do drugs. Not that I'm aware of unless somebody's coming in at night and, you know, I don't think that's happening. Um, really? Freaky, it's funny you say that because when I first started having my, where I can feel like me going into astral travel, I told you, like, you remember me saying it's like a, um elevator going down, like, really fast. That's kind of how, like, when it comes on real quick, that aspect of it or that frequency or that feeling, um, it feels like somebody's reaching out and say, hey, got a message for you. Come here. And they're, like, they're pulling on me. It's weird that you say that. Because he said, sometimes, not always, when I get that feeling, it's almost like something is either pulling me or pushing me. Yeah. For he's like, same here, only tea for me on the drinking. Yeah. And he said, not a case of being in control. It's bearing witness to something and not turning your attention from it. You know what? It probably would, in all actuality, the shit probably would help me. I mean, seriously, um, but yeah, I just, I hate that type of gut feeling or on a roller coaster, less my gut feeling creeps me out big time. Yeah. And the thing what it is, is, is like for the longest time, I thought just thought something was wrong with me until I let it go and then had my out of body experience. But I think because that was my first time and I did the whole, you know, holy shit, slam back into my body. Um, the second time I didn't, well, I didn't go into that feeling <laughs> and it, it scared me for a long time. Well, it scared me and that, this is why I fight about fucking fear mongers and that. This is what I fight about because... It's my own fault. I lost my own power of having that out-of-body experience because somebody told me that it was a demon trying to get in me and it scared me. So for the longest time, I didn't do it. And that's why I hate fear mongers because I lost out on many years that I could have grown. If that makes sense. Yeah, I want to, Andy. I really do. And I know a lot of indigenous people here. And he said, for you, Missy, I would advise going to see some indigenous people and having them supervise the first few experience that would be ideal for anyone, really speaking. Yeah, I know, Andy, I know. Um, and I totally get that. Freaky says, and how do I let it go? Because I'm scared. If I let it go, I'm gone for keeps. I get that. Um, believe me, and that's, you know, it is scary. It is scary, but you got it. The way I feel and the way that I've learned things is your body and your mind are not going to let you go any farther than what you're ready for. Does that make sense? Like, you practicing a little here and there. That's what I do. Like I said, even with the CE5 shit, 
you know. Um, like, I can do that when I do... It's funny because when I do the CE5, when I first started doing the CE5, I had already been doing that. Only, like, astral travel. I told you, like, you know those those uh, videos that you see with a phone where they take a picture, then they hold it, and you go like that, and it, you know, spins it around or whatnot? Like, I can do that out of my body. That's how I felt the day that I told you I was sitting outside and I was like on the other side of the wall, but I knew I was there sitting, having a cigarette. I had already been doing that whole thing and projecting myself in other spots. But I used the method of CE5 before it was CE5. Well, I don't know how long Greer's been doing CE5, but before it was even called CE5, at least, in my knowledge. Good thinking, Andy, but find something you somebody you can really trust. Yes, and I, I really trust the elders up here. Somewhat. No, I do. <laughs> but, yeah, you gotta... Yeah, and that's the thing. That's kind of like with the Matrix, takes a leap of faith, right? Oh, I see pictures on Facebook like that. Kind of trippy when you're scrolling. Yeah, it is kind of trippy, right? But... It's it's kind of that's how I the only thing I can explain it on how what I go through when I'm doing that. It's the only thing. <laughs> um but yeah, so I was doing all that before it was like called C E five or whatnot. Um, at least that aspect. I was just and that's just shit that I play around with with my own mind. You know what I mean? It would I think what brought that particular thing when I was sitting out back having a cigarette was because the whole we we're at at that time we were talking about the whole matrix thing, not the movie, but the whole living in a matrix thing. And like if if mountains this is <laughs> this is gonna sound strange, but it's me, so you guys know. But like I'll sit there and do funky experiments with myself to where like I was trying to catch the mountains not being there because I wasn't looking at them. Does that make sense? <laughs> so I'm trying to like like fake out my own world, basically. And this is what I do. This is what I sit around and do. When I say I'm doing little experiments in my own, it's, yeah, stuff like that. It's how I do it. It's all fun, though. It's how you learn. It's how you learn. That's why I tell everybody, freaking practice, because that's how you learn. Andy says, can we con truly control our minds? If we see something we don't like, we can shut our eyes or turn away from it. But when something gets in your head, exactly, that's, and that's the whole purpose of fear, Right? That's the whole purpose of fear. I don't know why I just put that right in front of my head. I don't freaking know. Um, that's how fear controls us. That's how our mind controls us. Shadow, if you can look at the mountain through a white boarded window, 
you can trick your mind into not seeing the mountains. True, but I was trying to have an out-of-body experience and not see the mountains. I want to trick my own mind. I want not trick my own mind, but trick my own universe. Trick my own world. That's how that's how I learn. I have to go through and do it. Some people be like, uh-uh, not for me. And I, like I said, when I do stuff like that and I try calling, I, I'm not going to lie. I got my ass kicked last night. With his, if I really did call Valiant Thor to my room and freaking, I got my ass kicked by it. I, no lie. I got my ass kicked over and over because I kept trying it. Um, I want to kind of try it now, but I, I don't want to get sick. Um did I look like a cyborg? Hey. Um, but, yeah, I got my ass kicked last night. Did totally. By whatever. But something kicked my ass. Uh, but that's how I learned, like I said. I wouldn't have known to felt that frequency unless I did it. If that makes sense. But, again... It was weird that I was not scared to call him, but being out on that back porch, I think because there's bears out there, um, <laughs> but being out on that back porch, trying to call down an alien and knowing if I turn around and see a fucking alien, I'm going to run or be frozen in fear. That's most likely. I'll most likely be frozen in fear. Uh, think of it it's seeming like a light bulb for the very first time. You won't communicate with it. You will not touch it until you learn that it's bloody hot. Right, exactly. And that's how I look at things when it comes to my spirituality or my um way of thinking about the universe. It doesn't even have to do with spirituality anymore. It has to do with, yes, I used spirituality and witchcraft for a very long time in my findings. I guess, or, you know, um, but as I'm getting older and as I'm learning more, I don't need things to help me along. Um, or kind of even like for the longest time, I told you guys about the little blips of light that I'd see. And until I didn't know what the hell they were, I thought something was wrong with my eyes until that one night that I was sitting on the bed and I saw a flash of light, little Dot, little orb of light just flash in and out. And all of a sudden, Eddie's like, why are you standing over me? And I'm like, I'm not standing over you. And he opened his eyes and he's like, he goes, I swear to God, you were standing over the bed. And, and it was the same exact spot that shed, that he saw the shadow person lean over him looking that I saw that blink of light. That's how I learned that those blinks of lights are spirit coming in and out. Or aliens. It could be aliens too. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't claim to know all the answers, but I'm willing to freaking try to find out my world and how it works. And that's why I, I do a lot of different things on this channel, because I want to if if I can spark interest in somebody, if I can say something and trigger somebody's memory or or not in a bad way. Um, oh, that scared me. I saw it. There's a plane flying behind that. He's a little low. Um, but I was like, oh shit, they're coming to get me. Um, no, but if I can spark somebody's interest, 
Um, it's not all about, you know, aliens and UFOs. It's about being scientific and being logic about it, too. Because I'm a very logical person. I told you, my spiritual side fights with my science side all the freaking time. <laughs> but I got to analyze things. That's how I do. think it. It's like seeing a light bulb. Oh, I already read that. Duh. Some light bulbs get hot real fast, though. That's true. Some got, light bulbs get hotter than others. And you would say that your journey into the other realm are now a smoother transition because you have so much practice. Yeah. I know. You know what it is, Andy? Honestly, I have more confidence in myself. Do you know what I mean? Where before I needed objects to focus on, you know, and even though I always had people telling me, oh, you're really protected or you're really powerful or you're this or you're that. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. Now I'm really starting to believe it and believe it in myself. That's, I think that's why I'm pushing myself more because shit's happening when I push it. <laughs> Uh, he says, I shared a TikTok last night or sometime this morning of spirit leaving a helicopter. You see wings as you re as it reaches an arrow. Oh, interesting. Did you share it on Facebook? Freaky Geek, I'll have to look at that. Yeah, exactly, Freaky Geek. And that's why I don't push people. That's why I just generally talk about this stuff because of the fact that... You all have to come into it on your own. You have to realize that. Um, just like somebody told me that, that I had to push Eddie. No. I'm not going to push Eddie. And look how far he's come from me not pushing him. He'll open up when he needs to open up. And he'll open up as much as he needs to open up. Same with all you guys. We're all on different timelines. Not timelines, but different I don't know. I don't know how to say it. You know what I mean, though. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, so it could not be that with some more practicing try to contact Valiant or that the journey of all the connection will become smoother and easier for you. Could it be not that with some more practice? Yeah, I think I just have to, um, if you go back and, like, uh, well, not you, but I have to go back and because I think it has to do with a lot of, um, like, uh, the law of one, the vibration. Like, I remember reading somewhere that the vibration wasn't right for the host. So, you have to, like, get your body in tune and in line with that. I've been, I've been, the past couple, of, and that could be, too, is why, too, is I've been, you know how I believe in, like, our junk DNA is not junk DNA. It's there for a reason, and it'll be activated when it needs to be activated. Or it was activated, and we don't need it anymore, or whatnot. Our DNA is our DNA. It's every bit of it's important in my, the way I think about it. Um, but I think, like, I've been listening to a lot of binaural beats again and stuff like that. So... I'm at that point to where I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to move forward. Let's go. <laughs> That's when you know. It's when I start listening to binaural beats. It's like I open another piece of DNA up. Let's go. 
<laughs> We're individuals and there's nothing set in stone in regards to how to... Exactly. Exactly. I'm a big believer in that. Get you a tuning fork. I now... I sell tuning forks. Is that what it is? And it's like, I know what caused it, Missy. You made a collect call to Valiant. I did it very well could be. That very well could be. You never know. But it's just wild how it happened. And, you know, like I said, I analyze everything. I analyze everything. But this truly, it's been, I got excited about it. Like, I was just like, I didn't feel good. But I was like, I got excited. Like, oh, something pushed back. Shit. Hold on a minute, guys. I'll be right back. Sure. Yeah, no problem. Um, are you using the same card? Okay. If that's the case, I can just put you in for another night. That's no problem. You don't have to wait there or anything. All right. All right. Thank you. Bye. Oh, you guys heard my phone voice. Okay, I'm back. Sorry, guys. When you use a tuning fork, does it make the music that it's much better to consume? Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it all, you have to find your way of letting go of that fear. If that makes sense. I still have fear. That's why I, I like gone. <laughs> yes, my phone has a voice. That wasn't my phone voice. Hello, you want to hear my spew? Thank you for calling Mountain Sky Hotel and Suites. This is Missy. May I help you? <laughs> the first time my boss heard me talk on the phone, she's like, What? <laughs> I thought, I, I always answer the phone. I'm like, hello, because I think it's my boss. I'm like, okay, I'll be right up. <laughs> but now we have it written up there because I'm on call. If for assistance, call this room or this room. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it is 12.05. My time. Lovely saying. Yes, that's exactly right, Andy. To quote a movie, learn the way, forget the way, create your own way. That is beautiful. I absolutely, what movie is that? I freaking love that. I absolutely love that. I see Nicole White. Here I thought you weren't. I'm like, where'd Nicole go? I thought maybe you were sick or something. But it's not coming. Your little icon things you're, aren't coming in. I love you too, Nicole. <laughs> but, um, yeah. That's exactly how it is. 
thanks, Freaky. You made me... God bless America. I forgot to tell Eddie to bring me cheese. Okay, hon. I, I figured something. I mean, I didn't know, you know. Oh, that is. Yeah. Jet Li and Jackie Chan. Was it Jet Li or Jackie Chan or was it um, Rush Hour? Because I love those movies. I tell Eddie that my favorite quote from Rush Hour movies is I look at Eddie and go, do you not understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> I tell him that all the time. I'm surprised I have it on here. I like extra sharp cheese. I have the pepperoni. I have the crackers. But he totally walked out of the store last night without cheese. How can I have crackers, pepperoni, and cheese with no cheese? So, but it's okay. He got me taco bites. <laughs> so I had something to munch on during the movie. All right, guys. With that being said, there's a lot of those. Andy says that an American kid has an accident or accident loses consciousness, wakes up in ancient China, and has to return the staff to the Monkey King. Yeah. Oh, is that the movie? Oh, wait a minute. That sounds familiar. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> I need a smoke. Cigarette, Andy. Cigarette. Um, I love you guys. Tomorrow's Thriller Thursday, Legends and Lore. What are we talking tomorrow? Are we talking, do you guys want to talk about the Hopkinsville Goblins? I love that story. That's one of my, that is my favorite story. We can do, with it being Legends and Lore, we can do it just about anything. I don't know. What do you guys think? Oh, one last troll for you guys to have fun with. All right, just making sure that I haven't missed anybody. No, we're not doing Bobby and Bruce. I don't think if I sat there and said we're doing Bobby and Bruce, Eddie would come down here and kick my ass. Oh, all right. That does sound familiar, though, Andy. That does sound familiar. I'm sure if I saw it, um, I'd recognize it because that does sound. I think everybody would kick my ass if I brought up Bruce and Bobby again. The Forbidden Kid. Oh, maybe not. That don't sound familiar. The plot line does, but the movie title don't. I don't know. Yes, I know. We've done Bobby and Bruce one too many times. <laughs> Poor Eddie. That's going to be ingrained in his <laughs> ingrained in his head. So yeah, we can do a. I don't. I don't know what else. 
we can talk about Doddleston. I don't know if that's a... Have you heard about Doddleston? How he was getting messages through his computer from somebody that lived in... It was kind. It's kind of like Pearl and uh, Patience, only through a computer, but not so... Like they didn't write books. They're just trying to figure out what happened. Some good, good stories. It was a bit confusing for a bit. <laughs> Freaky. It's still confusing to Eddie. And Nicole's like, no, we don't want to. No. Oh, no. She's no. We want to hear about Bruce and Bobby again. Oh, my God. Yeah, Bobby and Bruce were presidents of America and Russia. <laughs> Some, that was some crazy shit. Still some crazy shit. Did I have I talked about the hobgoblin? The Hopkinsville hobgoblins? I keep saying I feel like I keep saying I'm gonna talk about them and I never do. I think because it's my favorite story. I don't know. Well, we shall see. All right, guys. I'm getting out of here. Do, do it on the computer messages and the goblins. Have you... I don't know if I can. <laughs> I don't know if I can do both. I will try. I will try. We're starting out with the Hobgoblin Soap, because that's my favorite story. Have I, have I told you guys it's my favorite story? Anyway, with that being said, is D-Live still messed up? Can you see Can you see the chest over there? I haven't even looked. Oh, God. <laughs> or split over different days. Yeah, I know. I know. I did. I did say that. What can I say? All right, guys. With that being said, I love each and every one of you. Thank you for your donations. Head on over. If you want to donate, you can head over to shadowsandmoon.net. It's got all the info over there. Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening and hanging out, hanging out. It's still not there. Hey, Joy Joy. <laughs> okay, I was just wondering because I I didn't even check today to see if it was there. Usually I do. But uh, as soon as... That's okay, hon. No problem. I'm glad to see you here now. <laughs> um, As soon as... The chest comes back up. I'll start giving lemons out again. That's all I can do. <laughs> but with that being said, I love each and every one of you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out. And uh, I hope you enjoyed today's show. I hope it gave you something to think about. And uh, with that, I'll see you tomorrow. Well, we'll talk about the Hobgoblins and maybe the Doddleston. And uh, yeah. So let's get out of here. 
Okay? I need a cigarette. <laughs> Remember, guys, find something today that makes you smile with your eyes. I love you guys. I will see you tomorrow. Take care. Be safe. Mm -hmm.